This episode of the Live Life Aggressively show is sponsored by Health IQ. Health IQ is an insurance company that helps health conscious people such as runners, cyclists, strength trainers, plant-based athletes, and more secure lower rates on their life insurance. Health IQ uses science and data to help its customers living a healthy lifestyle secure lower rates on life insurance, as opposed to typical waist-to-hip ratio calculations used by conventional life insurance companies. Health IQ is not a life insurance broker or an insurer. Health IQ is a life insurance agency providing exclusive rates to health conscious applicants who qualify through their Health IQ quiz and other lifestyle quizzes. You can even get additional savings by submitting actual data such as race results, as well as your Strava, RunKeeper, or other fitness lifestyle app data. How can Health IQ pass along these savings? Well, Health IQ can save you up to 33% because physically active people have a 56% lower risk of heart disease, 20% lower risk of cancer, and 58% lower risk of diabetes compared to people who are inactive. Just like saving money on your car insurance for being a good driver, Health IQ saves you money on your life insurance for living a health-conscious lifestyle. To see if you qualify, get your free quote today at healthiq.com slash LLA or mention the promo code LLA when you talk to your Health IQ agent. Again, head over to healthiq.com slash LLA and get your free quote today. And don't forget to mention the promo code LLA when you speak with a Health IQ agent. Most of the nutrition supplements, it's not the label that makes the product sell. It's the fact that it actually works or doesn't work. It works. You're going to buy it. They're going to buy it again. I can take my testosterone booster and just put the bags in. I can pour the capsules into a sandwich bag and send it to someone. <laughs> and as long as they trust me, you know, I wouldn't just take all from someone in a bag. But if they trust me, they're going to take it and go, wow, this stuff's fucking awesome. Can you send another bag of that stuff? (laughs) Well, I could come up with the nicest label of all time and then have a bunch of shitty ingredients where it doesn't do dick. And maybe you'll be tricked into buying it once, but you're never going to buy it again. And that's what that's what that's the philosophy of most nutrition supplement companies is cheap ingredients, heavy marketing, get people to buy it once. Say whatever you have to say to get someone to buy it one time because they're never going to buy it again. So they rely on millions of people making that first-time purchase. Hopefully, they make enough money from that before word of mouth gets out and they go under. You know, time and time again, you see companies doing this. Well, I prefer or they the opposite. create another make product. No money on market. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or they create another company. Usually, it's what happens. Or they, they, the that company falls and they start another company. Or it's the new improved formula. You know, like <laughs> now version of yeah, Ultra. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's three times better than the last formula. But what they don't tell you is the last formula was a zero. So three times zero is still zero. hundred percent improvement. My philosophy is more of a long-term one. I go, just don't waste any money on, on marketing that doesn't work. Make a very clean product. Explain intelligently to the consumer or potential consumer how this works rather than assuming they're an idiot and talking to them like they're a moron in this very patronizing verbiage and then let the chips fall where they may. So what's going to happen is initially coming out of the gate, you're not going to have as many people buying it, but over time, you're going to end up selling even more because 10 years later, you're still in business as opposed to a company that's only in business for a year and they had to put out a lot of infomercials and television commercials. Here's the, here's the real thing. Anytime you see a testosterone booster advertised on TV, you know it's not any good. <laughs> you don't even yeah. have to look into it. Every single one I've seen is crap ingredients because I'll look into it. Every time I see a commercial, I'm like, okay, what's this bullshit? And then I'm hoping that it's actually good. You know, I'm not afraid of competition. I'd like to see other good options out there. I'm actually hoping that it's good. And then I look at the ingredients and it's the same bullshit. Proprietary blend right there. You have to, your, your, your suspicion radar should go up. Proprietary blend is a great way to put in a lot of good ingredients, but not add dosages that are actually effective. You don't even know what the amount is. You're just hoping that they put in the right amount. The fact that it's a proprietary blend, though, you have no idea. And then when there's 20 ingredients, you definitely know that it's not the right amount of each ingredient because you couldn't possibly get all of that into one capsule. Was that that the microphone? What's that? Yeah. Yeah, I was about to say, I was like, was that silence? The microphone drop? Smaller, <laughs> <You know? laughs> <Waller>, out. 
Like I said what I had to say. Now you guys go ahead and keep talking about hookers and Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta, well, kinda, I gotta meet like with you, her. Prince, you know, you don't, Prince, you don't have hookers on your YouTube channel as a way to get people to watch it. You come out with good information on Star Wars. That's why people watch it. So you're not using gimmicks. So there we go. There's yeah. a segue. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but but she's she's coming back in April. Uh, I don't know if I'm gonna actually film that one. Well, we'll just talk. <laughs> well, audio. Whatever you film, just I don't think you should leak it out. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I'm 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 I glad I didn't. You gotta put that on your Patreon like channel. channel. <laughs> yeah, there you in go. The put it on your full, Patreon. <laughs> in the full uh, the full interview that I posted, like there's it's like towards the end. I say, what's that? And uh, no, I said, I was wondering what that thing because she had like a vape. She carries around like a vape thing for clients and she carries yeah. it in her cleavage. So I said, yeah, I kept looking the whole time. And she was something like, on, yeah, on the nose sure. about that. that's what you were looking at. Right. And I mean, yeah, it's right. like a double, it's like a 34 double G or something. But when I said, what is that? She almost pulled her boobs out. Like in, we're, we're talking in a yogurt restaurant and I'm sitting here like, I'm looking there with kids behind me. I'm like, is she really about to pull out a girl? <laughs> <Everybody> like, <laughs> so that's why I, you know, I talked to somebody. I said, no. yeah, there's something really funny that happens, but it's one of those you had to have been there to know what thought, actually, you know, almost I thought happened. for sure. I thought she brought her lightsaber and probably had it down a little low. And you were like, what's that? And it wasn't exactly the lightsaber you were looking for. <laughs> like, yeah. so I was just like, what's that? Like, nah, you put that up. Don't, don't, yeah. don't, no, you don't have to light it up. Yeah. No, we're good. We're good. Yeah, here. She is, she is. <laughs> I mean, you can't see what's going on. So for all we know, she just uncrossed and crossed her legs. And Prince is like, exactly. hey, what's that? Like, whoa. <laughs> <Am> I, <laughs> I've just seen the dark side of the force. Oh, my God. <laughs> There is a dark side. She's <laughs> like, oh, I'm just trying to get you to shoot. She's like, I'm just trying to entice you to reveal your lightsaber. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that moment, the friend hit hyperspace and went back to his place. <laughs> yeah, but y'all are y'all are the see, reason. Right? Y'all are the reason that 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 happened because there was the joke that that you guys made. Sincere was like. <laughs> Prince, you better not. I better not see you wearing a pair of Darth Vader underoos. And so I said, <laughs> I wonder if I can get a porn star on my on my channel to wear some Darth Vader underoos, just so I can say, look, sincere, there's there's Darth Vader underoos, except I'm not the one wearing them. So then I started like looking, and I was like, how do I? I don't even know where to begin. How do I find a porn star that's a geek? And I just somehow ended up like. Nashville's top, well, she's not in Nashville anymore, but Nashville's top escort is a huge gamer, Star Wars geek, and uh, so I reached out and I was like, hey, I have a Star Wars YouTube channel, Uh, you know, just as kind of a joke, would you like come on and wear Darth Vader underwear and talk Star Wars? She's like, sure. That's how it all happened. That was easy. Yep. Yeah, you didn't even have to pay her. You didn't even have to pay her hourly rate to do that. That's no, cool. I didn't have to pay anything. No, oh. <laughs> it's cool. And like, I, like I always say, it's always about positioning, never prospecting. Yeah, <laughs> I, and I, I say, you know, I when I post everything, I put links back to all your stuff. So, you know, I'll show some pictures of you. So, the guys listening, if they want to go and support your endeavors, she's actually hey, look, she's working a, on a. Another business, so she's she's actually pretty pretty smart lady. Uh, with all her oh yeah, I don't doubt that. Interest she's working on. I don't uh, doubt that one bit. Yeah, I don't doubt it one bit. And she's uh, got the right audience. It's funny though. Like, I'm not, not not talking about her, but it's funny when you see these girls in Vegas or young women, I should say, where they've got skirt shirts on, and then they're like, oh, and all these guys looking at my ass. It's like, well, if you walk around with half your butt cheeks showing, how can you not look? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but like I said, she's got the perfect audience because come on, man, come on, who's like a bigger fan of porn stars other than dirty old dudes? It's geeks. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. geeks, man. You know, yeah. somebody. You, yeah, I heard. Somebody, uh, okay, I heard. One time, I heard. I heard, <laughs> I heard Nick Delgado is one of her strongest Nick? supporters. Nick Delgado sending her private messages, going, "Oh, I'd, I'd love to." Send you a sample of my Testrovita cream. 
And it works yeah. even better when I apply it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he said he has to apply it vaginally. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, like, I, wonder, I, wonder, I wonder how he came up with that methodology. Right. Yeah, yeah that's the Yeah, I was I've been wondering how did he figure out that the best place to rub it is your tape? The perineum. <laughs> the perineum, yeah. Somebody, hold on, dude, like of all the places. Somebody, <laughs> the perineum. Somebody on the, not on the vagina, not in the butt. But on the perineum, like really. Yeah. <laughs> I think right. so my, first, so my first of all, spell it. Okay. <laughs> no, it's, yeah. so it's funny how many people didn't even know they had that. Like, wait a minute, the what? And then they went on Google yeah. looking like, oh hell, like you don't forget you're at work. Yeah. Don't don't look that up. <laughs> yeah, the only reality, reality, reality is, what he was I mean, talking about is uh in Tai Chi, like when you're like your Tai Chi your posture, they say perineum yeah. pointing down. So that's the only reason I know where that is or what it is. It's like, oh, yeah, I got it. Sure, friends. Pointing right. down to the center line. Right. <laughs> Think about any, any 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 transdermal delivery. If it works, it'll work anywhere. It's not going to be yeah. some. You don't. You have to, as long as like, you have skin and pores, three, three inch. Yeah, exactly. This three inch area in your body is the only place where it's going to absorb. Come on, it's going to absorb anywhere you apply it. As long as, well, as, long as you don't sweat it out, you know, that's the only problem. Yeah. Well, you know why? Because you know there are people think like, well, if you know if I get it close to the place where I want to build it all up, then that's where I need to put it. And I don't think marketing wise, if you said, hey, dudes, just rub this cream on your nutsack, you know, I don't think he would have sold very many. Because like, nah. you know why? Because everyone's had that middle school experience of accidentally, accidentally getting been gay, you know, down oh. on their ball sack. And then, so any oh. kind of cream going on the ball sack scares any male. So oh. that's why he said, oh, the oh. perineum. Perineum, what is the P-E, para-P-A-R? Para, How do you spell that? And then it pops up, and they're like, oh, well, at least it's not yeah. on my ball sack. <laughs> it can't be that bad because that, that area never gets touched. <laughs> I mean, you may, you, may, you, may have different, you may have different metabolic consequences depending on where you absorb it. So, 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 for example, there's more DHT receptors in certain areas. Maybe it's more likely to convert into, into testosterone in other areas, but it, it's going to be marginal at best. I mean, there was... When you look at the skin, I mean, it's it doesn't stay in the area where you apply it. So if I put the cream on my forehead, it's not like the receptors in my forehead are going to soak it in, and, and then I have a testosterone increase in that area. You know, it's going to be systemic. You know, so now you walk around looking like Barry Bonds. It's like, ah, oh, that explains it. Like, yeah, my, my forehead is super high in testosterone right now. <laughs> you know. That's why with people with my recovery oil, right, they go, oh, I've got this pain in my left elbow. If I apply it there, will it help? I go, if you apply it there, it's just going to go right into your bloodstream and then circulate. It's not going to stay yeah. in that area. Exactly. <laughs> That's even the challenge with stem cells to some extent is like you inject the stem cells into a certain area. There's no guarantee it's going to stay in that area and do any yeah. good in that area. It may circulate somewhere else. Yeah. So that's why sometimes, sometimes people take it and they don't get the benefits they want, but they get other benefits. Because once it's in your system, it may go and heal other areas. So you may inject it into your elbow, and you're like, yeah, I didn't notice a huge difference there. But then all of a sudden, you're like, huh, my lower back feels a lot better. Yeah. So it's, 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 it's hard to get as site-specific as people would like. But that's one of the biggest myths. We, also, a lot of these pain gels, those are the biggest waste of money, Tiger Balm and all that. So you apply it, and you're like, oh, wow, I, I feel this burning sensation or this cooling sensation. So you think something useful is happening. When in reality, nothing's happening. It's not going to penetrate your bloodstream and go to the damaged area <laughs> and help anything. At best, maybe you're just numbing an area. so You don't feel it as much, but it's not healing anything. Yeah, that's what they're hoping for. They know most people are not scientists or doctors. They're like, oh, well... Seems like it's working. That's good enough for me. It's better than what it was. It's like, oh. well, most people are susceptible to the power of suggestion as well. So, for example, someone like Tony Robbins could take someone in front of the group and say, "Okay, I want you to think this way. Feel the difference." And the person's like, "Yeah, yeah, I really feel the difference." Well, first of all, first of all, he's programming them to respond that way. And second of all, they're in front of a group where they're probably like, "Man, I just want to sit down as soon as possible." So I'm just going to give this yeah. guy what he wants me to and say so that I can just. They don't want to say down. no because then it's like, oh, you know, now this guy's going to have to try to prove his point. If I say no, yeah, yeah, now he's going to keep probing further. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, try this. 
nope, still nothing. And then they're just like, oh, you're, you're just messed up. So then their confidence, they don't want their confidence to get compromised as well. You know, what little they already have by being there. So if it's not working on them, they're probably thinking like, well, maybe I'm so messed up. I didn't even feel it. I should have been feeling it. Dude, there's nothing to feel in the first place. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You're 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 good, bro. You're okay. Yeah, but sometimes people try to use these this NLP leading questions to program a right. certain response. For example, someone like Delgado may say, "Hey, Mike, have you noticed that when you take Tetra Vita capsules, that your dick is four inches bigger and your balls are engorged?" <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, no, no, I don't notice that. <laughs> like, I'm, no, I'm looking at it right now. No, not at all. <laughs> so what's funny is that I, what's funny is that Nick Nick did that with uh, Terry Hurtog. And I like Nick. I'm not talking smack about Nick. I just think this is funny. He's going to be on the show soon, actually, the next couple episodes. But there's another hormone optimization expert, Dr. Terry Hurtock. And Nick did this leading NLP type question with him. He's like, oh, have you found that DHEA cream absorbs way better and it's the best option to take? And he's like, no. Nah. Terry Hurtock's like, no, nah, doesn't absorb it all through the skin. You know, oral's way better. <laughs> and then Nick responds that. He's like, well, what about transanally? <laughs> you know, would that be better? And then, what? <laughs> It was just so funny that Terry Hertog was just so blunt with his response. I leave the Dr. Delgado to find the most like profound areas for his falling yeah. dreams. <laughs> like, gee. Yeah, we got to bring that up because on the show. Like, okay, man, what, what, oh, yeah, what's up with these Going to these dark areas with these screams, man. What's up with that? Oh, man. There's a lot of testing and experimentation to get Yeah, I'm not trying to do anything transanally except, you know, what naturally is supposed to happen in my life. (laughs) You know, excretion. Okay. Check valve. I've seen seen a lot of teachers do this programming stuff. Like Pavel, one time in the RKC, he would bring up someone in front of the group, and he'd be like, all right, tighten up your glutes, compress your stomach, squeeze the handle, now press it. See? You feel stronger? The person's like, yeah, I feel stronger. He's like, see? It works. It's like, well, the person's (laughs) not lifting any more than they did five minutes ago. If it actually worked, then they should be able to lift a bell that they couldn't lift before doing that, or at least do more reps with the bell that right. maybe they can only do five reps, and then they did these techniques. Now they did seven or eight or nine or ten. That That's a measurable improvement. Just feeling like, oh, yeah, I feel stronger. It's like, well, that doesn't mean anything. Are you actually stronger or you just feel stronger? Because if I'm not lifting more weight, then I'm not stronger. It doesn't matter how I feel. Yeah. I've had, I've had yeah. workouts where I go to the gym, and I feel like I could take on the world, and I'm weak as fuck that day. I've had other workouts where I go in and I feel like shit. I'm not even sure if I should work out. And I go in and I set a PR that day. (laughs) It's just strength is funny that way. You you just never know when it's going to be the day when you're going to be at your best. And it's not based on how you feel. Generally, that's going to be a serious distraction where you feel like, oh, man, I can't wait to get to the gym. You're all excited on the drive over. And then everything feels heavy. You know, it happens. Yeah. Yeah, you know. A hot girl walk in the gym while you're on the bench press, and you, oh yeah, I feel stronger looking at her, and still get pinned under the bar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Even though she's not going to be, she's not going to be remotely impressed, but that doesn't matter. If it helps you lift more, then you know, use that technique. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or, or you do get her number, and she up. turns out to be fifteen. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, that's, that's probably who's going to be. If anyone's going to be impressed, it's probably going to be a young, impressionable lady. That's the problem there. Yeah. <laughs> Any right. woman who's you know of age is going to be busy doing her own thing. She didn't go to the gym to watch you work out. <laughs> she went there to work out. She doesn't even yeah. notice what you're doing. I've, I've, there's never been a time in my life where I've done something impressive and. And any woman came over and was like, "Wow, you know, I was just watching you deadlift over there, and you know that was really impressive." You know, it's just, it's just not, it's just not something they care about. Yeah, unless she's like another trainer or something. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Someone who understands the context, you know, that could be. But then it's going to be like professional compliment, not yeah, like, oh yeah, yeah, that was great. And by yeah, the way, can we go get lunch afterwards? <laughs> yeah, exactly. She may come over and ask for some tips, and not that tip. Yeah. <laughs> you know, not that tip. <laughs> <laughs> But you know, guys are dumb. That's why they 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 fall they fall victim to this NLP type leading questions worse than anyone else. Yeah. Well, they'll be like, "Hey, do you like Hooters? Do you like ladies? Come on up to the, you know, come on down to to prom. You know, we got a lot of ladies and a lot of Hooters waiting for you. It's like shit. That sounds like my kind of place. Like that David Chappelle Hooters. 
like that David Chappelle joke where like someone told him about a strip club and he's like, you know, I, I had to go and as like I was like a guy in a horror movie. I've got to go investigate. He's like, you, you mean there's a place where women are walking? He's like, you, know, you mean there's a place where women are walking around topless and you can go in there and watch? He's like, I need to investigate this further. <laughs> so I take off your hat, sir. It's disrespectful to the ladies. <laughs> Me putting a twenty dollar bill on her G street, that's perfectly respectful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with your mouth. <laughs> oh, uh, every every time I hear hear the word Hooters, uh, you know, like Al Bundy said, oh, Al Bundy goes to mind exactly. So I used you don't to think watch of the, you know, you know, my little brother. About the restaurant. <laughs> yeah, and uh, my yeah. little brother Patrick was way too young to have been watching that with me, but I was like thirteen, and we're like almost ten years apart. So he was a real little kid. Anyway. Right. One day he goes to my grandma. I was like, Grandma, what are Hooters? And she says, they're flowers, <laughs> baby. And this is why, like, this is why parents should, like, be honest with kids and not, like, sugarcoat yeah. shit or lie to them. So my grandma takes my little brother out to Home Depot, and this lady walks out with an armful of, like, flower pots. And my little brother runs up to him. He's like, hey, lady, I like your Hooters. You are really nice Hooters. And my grandma's like going to die, you know, because she told my little brother they were flowers, and so he complimenting her hooters. <laughs> but yeah, every time I hear that word, I think of my little brother running. I like your hooters, lady. You have nice hooters. Kids, <laughs> man, just tell them the truth. Exactly. <laughs> Well, that's, that's the other thing, too. I, I always think it's a mistake when I see an adult talking to a kid like they're a kid. Hey, yeah. Jimmy, are you a big fan of Star Wars? It's like, why do you have to talk to the kid like that? This really <laughs> condescending, patronizing tone like he's an idiot. More of the Live Life Aggressively show right after this word from our sponsor. This episode of the Live Life Aggressively show is sponsored by Health IQ. Health IQ is an insurance company that helps health-conscious people such as runners, cyclists, strength trainers, plant-based athletes, and more secure lower rates on their life insurance. Health IQ uses science and data to help its customers living a healthy lifestyle secure lower rates on life insurance, as opposed to typical waist-to-hip ratio calculations used by conventional life insurance companies. Health IQ is not a life insurance broker or an insurer. Health IQ is a life insurance agency providing exclusive rates to health conscious applicants who qualify through their Health IQ quiz and other lifestyle quizzes. You can even get additional savings by submitting actual data such as race results as well as your Strava, RunKeeper, or other fitness lifestyle app data. How can Health IQ pass along these savings? Well, Health IQ can save you up to 33% because physically active people have a 56% lower risk of heart disease, 20% lower risk of cancer, and 58% lower risk of diabetes compared to people who are inactive. Just like saving money on your car insurance for being a good driver, Health IQ saves you money on your life insurance for living a health-conscious lifestyle. To see if you qualify, get your free quote today at healthiq.com slash LLA or mention the promo code LLA when you talk to your Health IQ agent. Again, head over to healthiq.com slash LLA and get your free quote today. And don't forget to mention the promo code LLA when you speak with a Health IQ agent. And now back to the show. And most of the time, yeah. even the kid is looking at the doll like, why are you talking to me like that? <laughs> He's looking around like, who are you talking to? I'm <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, hell, you got kids now that operate computers and iPhones and smart kids are getting Yeah, man. My my nephew yeah. is like he's a, like a year and three months and he already knows how like just a scroll on the on the on the phone to find what he wants to watch. I was like, okay, I was telling my sister, I said, that's not a great thing right there at all. It's like, you know, you know, in our minds, you know, when you first look at it, like, oh my God, they're so smart. But then it's like, this is like a bad setup. This is a bad setup right here because it's already being attached to this, this thing. So it's going to, you got to make sure that it doesn't like separate him from want to have real human interaction, you know, like the majority of like his sister's generation, you know, so it's like even my daughter, like she's like, wow, it's such a big difference between her generation and the one after that. She's like, you know, whereas all they've known is just computers and, and phones and, you know, smartphones and all that after her generation. So they, they, I was just sitting there looking at, I had some change sitting on my desk yesterday and I was like putting it up and I was sitting there thinking, I picked that nickel up. I said, you know what? There's going to be a time where I said we're pretty much at a point now where 
there's going to be some kids that don't even know what this is. Yeah. You know, especially the next generation, they're going to know what, what change is, what coins are, yeah. especially like the more and more I'm studying like Bitcoin and all that. I'm like, they're going to, yeah. when you say coins, they're going to be thinking about this, this currency that no one can see. You know, yeah. they're not going to know that there was actually real coins in the world you know, before, you know, that people actually had these. Some people collected them. Some people use them to buy things. They're not going to understand that at all. That's the world we're living in now. Yeah. That's where we're heading. It's going to be, it's going to be really crazy. Yeah. I, I'm trying to wrap my mind around like what the blockchain is and I'm hearing all these blockchain. Yeah, I've been, I've been with Dr. Boyce Watkins, man, just really trying to understand it a lot more. And, you know, and, you know, of course, anytime, especially when they say, you know what they say, man, they say like, you know, it's going to crash and burn and this, that, and the other. I'm like, okay, that makes me even more interested because when the big banks (laughs) and the Fed and all them are the ones are saying, oh, this is a bad idea, it makes it a good idea. So when it becomes a problem with the government, it makes me want to like, oh, uh, uh, okay, I'm, I'm listening now. You've got my attention. (laughs) Because when it's when it's a disruptor like that, then it's like okay. It's of course it's look man, it's an investment. So of course there's always going to be times where it's going to be good, bad, and whatever else. But here's the thing: if you're not trying to do day trading or whatever, else, you got to understand. If you're in it for the long haul, don't worry about that. Just truly understand how right. it, how it operates, where it comes from, yeah. how it works, and then also stay in your lane when it comes to investing. You know, don't try to don't sit there and right. bet. Don't, don't put your whole 401k into into blockchain, into Bitcoin. You know, like don't be that guy. That's the equivalent of the idiot that goes to Vegas and goes in the casino and he goes all in on poker and puts up the house and everything else. You know, it's like because all of this is still a gamble. It's not a guarantee. So again, oh, yeah. stay where you're stay where you're comfortable. Even if you're an aggressive investor, stay where you're comfortable being aggressive. You know, so I, there's some people like you know, there's some people now who are like buying Bitcoin, but they're using their credit cards. To get it, yeah. like so, you're basically going to use debt to try to get something to get you. Out of debt. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like twenty percent, twenty percent debt, or probably a twenty percent lack of return because it's going down right now. So you're gonna you're gonna put a lot of money on a twenty percent APR, and then you have exactly. to make twenty percent return just to break even. And the likelihood yeah, of you making twenty percent in the long run is minimal, if impossible. Right. You're kind of committing the ultimate Ponzi scheme on yourself. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, so American, you know, this episode of American Greed is going to be a lot easier to film now. It's like, oh, no one even has to go to jail for this one. <laughs> no one's going to jail for yeah. this one. This is like this idiot did it to himself. Well, I always say the, the underlying tone of American Greed, and they've never discussed this in any episode that I've seen anyway, is that the people that are being victimized, they were greedy too. That's why they were susceptible to the person that was greedy. It's like, hey, man, give me all your money. I'll give you 25% return. Well, anyone who's sensible knows that's not possible. So you're greedy. 10% in a, in a stock market index fund is not enough for you over the long haul. Now you're trying to get 25% for nothing. It's like, I'm going to give all this guy the money, no effort. I'm just going to make 15% more than something that has historically been shown to give me a certain return. And then you lose it all. And then you blame the person who screwed you over. Who should be blamed? You know, I'm not saying it's, I'm not saying just because the person being perpetrated on is greedy that it's okay to prey upon them. The person who did that should be penalized. But you have to realize the only reason why that person was able to get one on you is because you're greedy too. People come to me with bullshit all the time. I'm not greedy. So it just, I just, stuff just bounces right off me. I'm like Neo in the Matrix. You know, those bullets are just not hitting me. (laughs) (laughs) I know how things work. You know, just like someone saying, oh, man, I'll show you this pro. Just like people with the small left squat routine. Like I noticed a lot of the people who write articles about it, they totally exaggerate what the potential gains are going to be. I always see average increase in squat strength, 55 to 100 pounds. Now, I went, to, I went into it with knowing that's bullshit. It's like, no, it's like I'm not going to put 100 pounds on my squat in 12 weeks. That's just not going to happen. Yeah. Now, yeah. if it does happen by some freak event, I'll be happy about that. But it's not going to happen. So I put on, you know, 10 pounds in the first four weeks, which to me was great. You know, 10 pounds is when you've been lifting as long as I have, 10 pounds is you're happy about that. But what's funny is a lot of people, no one, no one's impressed by that. They're like, oh man, you know, you, you squatted four times a week. That's a hard program. But 10 pounds? I was like, yeah, 10 pounds. Another 10 pounds by the end of the program. So we're looking at 20 pounds over 12 weeks to me. I was really happy with that, honestly. Yeah. And I, I didn't injure myself. I didn't have to. You know, go to failure on each day, bust a nut doing these workouts. It was a hard program, but it, it didn't kill me. I actually enjoyed the experience. But people go in with this expectation of, oh, I read on the internet that the average person puts on 55 to 100 pounds. I was like, who? Who? Name one person who's actually done that. I don't know anyone who has. 
Most people don't even last on the program because they're too aggressive with the starting numbers. They don't even get through the first four weeks. They're like, ah, that program doesn't work. You know, I tried it. <laughs> so you didn't try it. You started it. You didn't finish it. Yeah, it sounds like what y'all talk about where you have those people that used to, they used to lift a lot, yeah, and yeah, then yeah. they got yeah, so right. regaining strength instead of actually, you know, it's like, that's oh, right. Know, I did this program and now I'm squatting 450. But you were right. a power lifter five years ago, and then you stopped. And back well, that's the thing about this program, too, is that my, my previous PR was 455, right? But that wasn't my PR going into the program. I was coming off a deficit, just moved into a new house. My strength was a little bit lower. So my squat might have been, I don't know, maybe 425. But after three weeks, it was 465. But to me, that's 10 pounds more than my previous PR. So I just said I gained 10 pounds. I could have easily misled people and said, oh, yeah, I put 40 pounds on my squat in four weeks and leave out the part of I gained back uh, 30 pounds and then added another 10 pounds on top of my previous PR, which would be more honest, which is what I said. So anyway, you're right. A lot of people do that. They purposely go into a deficit. People do that with a lot of these 12-week transformations too. It was a notorious scandal where a lot of trainers would purposely get out of shape so that their before picture is them being overweight and then in 12 weeks, they would just get back into great shape, and then that would be their after picture. And they would leave out the fact that they were in shape at a time frame that was close to when they started this program. So it's a lot easier to get back to where you were than to get there for the first time. So someone doing this 12-week transformation who's never been in shape, they've never been ripped, they've never been strong, they've never been fit, they're not going to get those same kind of results in three months is someone who's just getting back to where they were at some point. Yeah. People don't like honesty, though, because it's not as sexy. It's like, oh, man, you only put on 10 pounds on your squat. So what? 10 pounds is more than 10 pounds more is more than what you're doing right now. Yeah, I enjoyed the process. That's the other thing. I enjoyed the I enjoyed the process of working out. That's the other thing. So to me, it's if I don't get the results, I wanted tangible results in terms of more strength or more reps or whatever it is. That doesn't mean that the process was a waste of time. You know, I still enjoyed the process. If I didn't do the process, I'd be a hell of a lot weaker you know, than going yeah. through the process and maybe not getting the results I wanted. That's true. But, yeah, it's that time of the year for that, though. <laughs> so everybody's, again, quick fix. What you got for me? Yeah. 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 Nobody wants. Well, that. I always feel like weight loss is the wrong. I always feel like weight loss is the wrong focus, and I get tired of hearing people talk about it. like these ladies at the dentist office I go to. They're all very nice, but every time I see them, it's always, oh, I'm trying to lose always weight, or I'm trying to do this, weight. I'm trying to do that. Diet. Yeah, and I, I go, I go focus on, focus on being optimally healthy. Now focus on being mm-hmm. strong and fit and powerful, feeling fantastic because your body is going to follow suit eventually, and you're going to enjoy the process, and you're actually going to enjoy the benefits of your working out, which goes way beyond just fat loss. You're going for a 90-minute walk every day. That does so much for your mind, your body, your spirit. Who cares if your body transforms one way or the other from that? It's still worth doing, even if it doesn't. You, know, you go to the gym and you're a lot stronger. It's like, oh, but my shoulders are still the same size. You know, My chest is still the same size. So what? You're stronger. Yeah. You feel better. You're more confident. And so we get, we get way too focused on these goals that distract from the process which inevitably ruin the conclusion. You're not getting to where you want to go as a result of this misguided focus. Yeah. Yeah, it goes back to, you know, we were talking about earlier, you know, with the particular client I had to, when I get skinny and it's like, well, what, yeah. where, where, what's your value? Like, what, what do you value? Do you value being skinny or do you right. value this thing that you're going to do at this certain point in time that you have assigned to when I get skinny, because what? Why don't you just go do that thing now? You know, I, I remember right. one of them was right. these guys that used to laugh at me. I'm gonna go, and I'm like, well, you're smaller now than you were then. Why not? And she she had that experience too. She went on a date with a guy that hadn't seen her in a year, and at that point she yeah. was down seventy pounds, and he was like, whoa, what happened? And you know, I'm like, well. Why do you need to wait until you're skinny? Just do it now. You know, where where what is the, the thing that you've actually assigned the real value to? So yeah, it, that right. pisses me off a lot. A lot of and I don't I don't And, and, and why do you have to prove 
Why do you have to prove negative people wrong who don't care about you at all? Like, you know, I've yeah, never been motivated by them. <laughs> yeah, I've never been motivated by people who don't like me to prove them one way or the other. It's like, oh man, that guy thinks I'm a dickhead. I'm going to show him. <laughs> you know, yeah. I don't, I don't care what people think. I don't care what people think, period, but I really don't care about what people think who don't like me. That's not a motivation yeah. for me to try to do anything. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, sometimes it's fun to do. Sometimes I'll play tricks on myself in the gym, right? Like I'm about to do a PR and you'll just find someone in the gym. And you're like, okay, this, this fucker doesn't think I can do it. You know, I can see the way he's looking at me. He thinks I'm going to fuck up here. So I'm going to, I'm going to crush this shit. Now I've, I've played those mental tricks on myself before and that's fun. And, and you yeah. know, you, you can, you can transfer that energy into what you're doing, but at the end of the day, it's still a distraction because it's either there or it isn't, you know, it, it doesn't, the strength is like that. You're either going to be able to lift it or you're not. These little mental tricks are not going to really make a difference one way or the other. You either you're either trained yeah. to do it or you're not trained to do it. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can hype yourself up, but as long as you don't get attached to that, like, oh yeah, this this guy over here thinks I'm I'm the weakest motherfucker in here. <laughs> and I'm gonna pick this. And if you go, because I had I, there was a guy that I was in the navy with, and he was like that. And uh, uh-huh. and he started like he man he would go on bodybuilding dot com and order everything. And at first, you know, I you know, <laughs> when I first met him, I was like, oh man, this guy, you know, he he picks up every weight in the gym on the ship and he's one of the strongest guys on the boat. And you know, and then I realized, man, this dude is on every kind of supplement. He was on steroids. Found out he was gay for pay. Yeah. Um, and it was all to overcompensate for. I don't know what was going on with maybe it was the maybe I I'm starting to think because we we talked about this like extensively after he got out, left the boat. Yeah. yeah, I hate that it sounded like we were talking about him behind his back, but he would have gotten kicked out of the Navy because that was still still doing don't ask, don't tell. Well, we think right, it was, right. he was doing all this stuff to overcompensate from the fact that he was, you know, in the closet. Um, you know, yeah. He, Certainly I don't know if he's like here to podcast, but I hope he's out now. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you know, a lot of a lot of people do. A lot of people have self-destructive behavior, which is comes from a place of overcompensating. Bully behavior yeah. that's overcompensating. You don't feel good about yourself when you go bully people. You know, if you feel good about yourself, you're going to be a cool guy, man. You're going to be compassionate towards people. You're going to be more. You're going to have more empathy for the suffering of others. Yeah. And like I said, when you're not living your authentic self, man, it's just like just that's how you respond. Because that's, right. that's a lot of pressure right. trying to be something that you're not, man. It's a lot of work and it's very stressful, and it's, you know, or yeah. and you're trying to accommodate other people instead of yourself. So, yeah, man, it can, it can, it can. So, what do you do? You act out in other ways, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, you know when uh, I was a Dave Chappelle, and he was talking about like how Hollywood makes people crazy. Martin Lawrence running around waving a gun, and it's hard to be <laughs> an actor and stay in a role twenty four seven. If people to get paid yeah. millions of dollars, they can't handle it. Then what's somebody going to do? <laughs> right. Not making millions well, of dollars again. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and so look, look, they got all that money, and they're still not happy. You know. Yeah. So you, you right. see that? I mean, you got you got artists left and right. You know, they commit suicide. They overdose. You know, all these different things. Obviously, stuff. All the fame, all the stuff that you know, all the things weren't enough because they still didn't right. get the one thing that they needed the most. You know. So. Yeah. And people yeah. need to think about that. Everybody look at these people and they, they put them on the pedestal like, man, I want to be just like this. I want to ball like this. I want to do this like so-and-so. You don't know so-and-so's life. So yeah. be very careful when you say right. things like that. Because I, I don't want that person's life. Yeah, if they're doing successful, I wish them well or whatever else. I, but I don't know their life to want their life. And, and even if I did know it, their life and my life look probably two different ways. It has to because we're individuals. There's just no way. I don't want everything that comes with that. <laughs> like, no, I'm good. Like, yeah, yeah. That's why there's there's this one saying, there's this one saying goes, the the only thing worse than it goes, no, it says the only thing worse than not achieving your goals is actually achieving your goals. And it's right. It's a, it's just, if people hear that, what what does that mean? What it it means is what you just said, basically. It's another way of saying what you just said. You don't know what's going to come with all that stuff. You know, achieving those goals may be the worst thing that ever happened because now it brings a whole bunch of other problems that you didn't have before you achieved that goal. Especially when you yeah. haven't really worked for it. So if you if it's just been right. thrown at you, you're not in a mental place like oh, because you're usually having that you're usually having that, <laughs> that fire and fury oh shit moment that Donald Trump happened like wait a minute I won 
<laughs> on, yeah. Donald Trump yeah. pretty much for somebody, for him to not like Obama, he he behaved like the first black president. Was just kind of like, yeah, wait, 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 what? I won? Oh shit! <laughs> like no, 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 no almost to happen. Almost every job, almost every job I've been hired for, I always had that feeling like, oh fuck, I actually got hired, and now I got, <laughs> now I got to go show up at this crappy ass job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you always had that. Like you're all in. Remember the first. You're in it now, buddy. I remember the first. <laughs> I remember the first pretty good paying job I ever had out of college, right? I, I, I business development director for a company called Respond.com. My dad was like, oh, let's go out and celebrate. Let's go to dinner. And I wasn't in a celebratory mood. I was kind of like, oh, I don't really want to do this job. <laughs> you know? Like in the back of your mind, you know that. But you don't really, but you're not prepared to do what you really want to do. At least I wasn't at that moment. So like I knew what I knew what I wanted to do back then. I, I wanted to get into fitness. But I, I didn't know a pathway. At least I didn't have a clear pathway of how to do it. So I kept distracting myself with these crappy jobs that I didn't want to do. But if I'm going to do a crappy job, I might as well get, do a high-paying one was my attitude. You know? <laughs> At least I can put some <laughs> savings together. And when I do what I want to do, I can parlay it into that. But I always had that, that feeling of not being excited because or almost regretful. It's like, fuck, I actually got hired for that job. So, you know, now, now I actually have to go through with it. And then yeah. you're walking into the office and you have that really lack of energy. I remember I used to just be tired all the time. And it was I was eating healthy then too and still working out. But I just had this feeling of just I was always tired. I would be tired when I wake up to go to this job. I'd be tired when I get there. And it's because I wasn't excited about anything. Sometimes you're tired and it's not because lack of nutrition or lack of quality sleep or any of those things. It's because you're not excited about what you're doing and you know it. So you can't trick yourself. So you're you're just fighting that inertia of going, I don't really give a fuck about this at all. Yeah. And it, it's in your subconscious mind. You're not willing to admit it to yourself yet, but it's in your subconscious mind, which is affecting you more than your conscious mind does. So it's it's, it's a real energy dissipation when you feel that way. I've uh, I've been there when I worked for the state. <laughs> I know exactly <laughs> how you feel. That man, that uh, yeah, you walk in walk into the office and you just feel drained and uh. <laughs> it was not a it was not a good feeling at all. And uh, you know, I was you like, I'm in, too sedentary you here. <laughs> before you walk in, you tell yourself like, man, if one mother says the wrong thing to me today, today might be that day. But I'm not I'm gonna I'm gonna do my best to make sure today is not the day. You know <laughs> so what? I couldn't even well I mean I mean, that, could, that's, that's a contributing I couldn't even do that at that job. Yeah. Hey, yeah, yeah, you didn't have enough energy to do that. I had enough energy, energy but, uh, to snap. <laughs> but uh, what happened was somebody somebody started a petition that they said that they felt unsafe with me being in the workplace. So they circulated oh, it all through the office, and then I one day I came into work, and they were like, "Yeah, um, you know, like the the lady who's over the entire office, she walked me out, and I had a little." two-hour-long meeting with internal affairs, and I had to sign some statements. And they said, did you piss somebody off here? And I was like, I have no idea why I'm in here. And, uh, but, yeah, they uh, they let me know that somebody, and they said, we spoke with all your supervisors, the managers. They love you. They say you do great work, but you have a coworker here or several coworkers, and they're afraid that you're going to get violent or something. And I'm like, wait a minute now. I'm like the only veteran here. If something happens, because this was like with DCS, so, you know, it's like we really have, there is a concern that somebody might come up in here and start shooting. And I'm like, if that happens, I'm like the only person here that's going to remain calm yeah. and, and like help everybody right. get out of the building. I'm right. always looking around like, okay, there's an exit, there's an exit. This is the best yeah. way for us to get out of the office. And I was like, okay. Well, if something happens, I'm gonna get up and walk my happy ass out to the <laughs> walk out well, of like, the well, building and leave y'all in here. <laughs> what was the ethnic background? What was the ethnic background of the people who wrote this petition? They didn't. They they didn't tell me that. Uh, I, they didn't even tell me about the petition. A coworker yeah. told me later. Well, I'm, after, I'm just guessing. <laughs> I'm just guessing. Well, you know, I'm a, I don't feel like I don't feel like I'm going on a ledge here, but I'm just guessing that most of them are white. Yeah, it was. It, I, I'm pretty sure it was some older women there. There was one particular woman. She would like go around tickling people, and she like got ready. To, and I like looked at her like, "Don't touch me." 
And, uh, and then, she, <laughs> then she was like, oh, I like your hair. And I said, don't touch my hair. And she was like, oh, can I give you a hug? And at that point, I was like, I don't really know what to say. So what's the meanest thing I can say to her? And I said, I don't like people. And then I like looked her in the eye. <laughs> well, you know I, did, what? Hey. I didn't. I didn't know she was gonna take it that way. She might have started a petition. She's like told somebody. Well, I mean, well, what, she, what, she's, what she's doing is what she's doing is harassment. She's tickling people no, who don't want to be tickled. Say, she's trying no, to hug people who don't want to be you. hugged. You know? But I was about to tell you, Prince. The meanest thing you could say is like, "I'm going to HR." <laughs> According yeah. to today, now that's yeah. what you could have said because you yeah. had grounds now for harassment. And guess what? Yeah. Now this is what we were talking about in that episode. It's like you know this happens in the workplace to dudes too. But yeah, who's gonna believe? Oh yeah. You know, like, oh, here's this veteran, this veteran Navy guy. Wait a minute, you're being harassed by this chick, and, and, and you're, yeah. you got a problem with that, or it's not true. It's like, come on, man, you're a, you're an ex-soldier. Come on, really? You know, yeah. she's harassing yeah. you. You sure it's not the other way around, Prince? I mean, look at you. Okay, what the fuck is yeah, that? Yeah, but then then she can turn around, and, but then she can turn around and 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 pass a petition around the office, and then it goes all the way up to internal affairs. So now there's an official investigation, and they say if I retaliate. I would get fired and I could possibly be arrested. And I'm like, oh, all because I said, don't touch me, you know, and, and, yeah. and you yeah. find it intimidating that I said, don't touch me. Like, come on, man, be for real. So that kind of turned me off to, I'm like, I don't, I don't think I can work at like a, re- a real job, a real quote unquote real yeah. job anymore. That corporate environment, crazy. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's also, there's also a lot of subtle racism. Like, you know, my girl Carol's black and she used to work at, one of the massage envies in town and she had a boss. She noticed that her boss always had different. She always acted towards her in a much different manner than all of her coworkers who happened to all be white. So one day she called her out on it. She just went into her office. And she said, Hey, do you have a problem with me? Because I'm black. And you know, of course this person started stuttering in her response, which is always an admission of guilt. You know, in my opinion, it's like, no, 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 of course not. Right. <laughs> But you know, a lot of times when you're when you're experiencing racism, even if it's not verbalized, you know it. You know, if you, especially when you've experienced right. it enough times throughout your life. When someone comes at you a certain way, you know it's because of your ethnic background or whatever they think your ethnic background is. You know, I've experienced racism, which is not even based on my actual ethnic background, which is you know half Indian, half white, because no one knows I'm half Indian or half white. But sometimes I've experienced racism based on what what they think I am, whether it's black or Middle Eastern or Latino, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. And you can feel it. You know that I had, a, I had a boss who was like that when I worked as a bouncer at in college at the only club in town. Same thing. I remember one time someone asked me, they're like, oh, you know, how's your boss? Is he cool? And I was like, well, he's cool to other people. And they're like, well, shit. Only thing that matters is whether he's cool to you or not. <laughs> you know, and Of course, that's yeah. not the only thing that matters. But that was my immediate response is I was like, he's not cool to me. He's cool to other people. And the only difference between me and the other people is they were white and I wasn't. Now, does that mean for sure this guy is racist? Not necessarily, but it's a pretty good fucking chance. <laughs> you know, it's a pretty good chance. Because what's the difference between me and the other people besides that? Really nothing. Yeah, that was in Ohio. Yeah. Yeah. Good old Wooster, Ohio. And like, like some people are sleeper cell racist. You know, they don't even know. They don't even, in their mind, they don't think they're racist, but their behavior is automatically discriminating. But they're not aware of it. Yeah. Many like are finding that Trump. out. <laughs> yeah. Well, to my, well, so many others, you know, they're the anti Hillary's and then it was the sleeper cells who were making yeah. the anti Hillary's. Like, hey, we're not like, we're not, we're not like those people though. I was like, yeah, but they exist. Look. So now you see we weren't just making this up. Okay. So now you see like, yeah, I would. and now there's like, I can't believe we voted for the same guy. Yeah. Yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah. Like Hillary too with her super predator policy. Well, I mean, I even, even, in the, even in the feminist, Another type even, of- even in the feminist movement, there's a lot of women who are racist to other. There's, there's white women that are feminists that are racist to black women or other ethnicities. And I've had many black yeah. women tell me that they joined certain women's causes and then they left out of disgust because it was a bunch of white women trying to tell them what to do. It's like, oh, here's how you should go talk to the people in your neighborhood. And just the audacity of yeah. that. Yeah, well, that's not a whole. Or even if they just bring up. Even if they just bring up something like, well, you should understand, you know, how your men treat you. Okay, what the 
fuck does that mean? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah, that's how the whole womanist so, movement so there are levels, came about. There are levels of the patriarchy here that we're talking about. So you're saying right. that, you know, if you're going to be like a super scion, you know, patriarch, you know, it's the black man, you know, or you're going to be the Hispanic man. It's like, no, it's, I thought it was just like these dudes not giving you the equal opportunity. And that's another thing when it comes to whole feminism or whatever else. People are always talking about, they're saying that, you know, you just want to make sure that, you know, everyone is treated equally or everyone has, everyone is equal. I'm like, okay, first of all, no one, not even two dudes standing next to each other is equal. No matter what. Yeah, yeah exactly. No one's going to be What you're that. looking for yep. is equal opportunity. And then it's up to you as far as that opportunity. But at least have the opportunity, let the opportunity be there for you to decide if you want to take it or not. So, yes, re- again, check your wording because that's the reason why so many, it makes it so easy for others to really downplay what you're saying when you're like we just we want equality we want pay equality like no 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 because are you equally qualified and the thing is what if you're what if you're even more qualified so would you want to have equality pay equality with that so again you want equal opportunity that is the words you're looking for here so you know, stop just going with that one blanketed word you know we just want equal we want equality in the workplace really because he treats bob like an asshole do you want the same you want to be treated the same as bob over there you know sitting there in the back corner at that desk <laughs> You know, you know, so, you know, but well, Bob's making ten dollars more than me. But damn, at what cost? Look at Bob. He's miserable. OK, so here's the thing. It's like, you know, and here's another thing. Once you go out and create those opportunities as well, well, they're going to make sure I don't get them. Well, I think a, enough of you are out there making that money, whatever else. They're going to bow down to you, make the noise. So, again, what we're looking for is equal opportunity. I'm all for yeah, that. Right. I got your back on that. Yeah, yeah, everyone yeah, should have the yeah. equal opportunity, and then you know it's up to you to decide if you want to take it or not. But be very careful when you say you want equality. Look, that what has that done for? And this is the part where I know I piss off a lot of black people. What has that done for black people after the civil rights movement? When you say you know, oh, we want equality. Well, there you go. You can vote now. You know, hey, yeah. you know, we we won't be just publicly lynching you, you know, like we used to, but. Where's the equal opportunity for many of them? You know, there, so you missed the part about the equal opportunity. That's the thing. So you, you look at the words you're choosing here when you say these things. So I'm just saying focus on that because every human being should have that equal opportunity as another one. So just yeah. trust me, you, get, you also have the equal opportunity to, like, fall on your ass and fail and, and be homeless tomorrow. You have that equal opportunity as well. But, again, it's about the choices you make that will lead you down that road. Instead of being forced yeah. down that road, you know, so be very careful about that because the equality you want may not be the equality you're looking for. You know, and anytime you're asking for someone to give you something, you're already coming from a flawed. You're a slave. I, I met the, I met the apology as well. Yeah. It's like, oh, I, I should be given this opportunity. It's like, okay, if you really care about it, you're going to create it through your own venture and then no one has to give you jack shit. Yeah, because you never my business, no one, has, no one has to give me anything. Yeah. Yeah. Freedom is your right. So you don't have to ask for it. You just you just go take it. You just do it. You just do. I'm going to act my freedom out. I'm going to go start my own thing. I'm not going to ask anyone for anything. I'm not going to ask for a pay raise. I'm just going to do my own business so I can give myself a pay raise anytime I want one. Exactly. Can, can I have permission to go on vacation? Because, you know, I've, I've earned the right for a vacation. I've worked, I've worked at this company 10 years and I work 80 hours a week, you know, and I've earned the right to take a vacation. Well, maybe. <laughs> but here's the deal. It's my company. I can just, I can do what I want. So either you keep on working, you don't get a vacation right now. We'll we'll look at it and visit this later on this year, or you can leave. And then, well, that's not fair, and you stay. So guess what? You're not. That's not freedom, man. That's not freedom. So you got to really think about those things. So you may not be able to quit right then and there, but you need to start working towards leaving that place and start working on your own yep. thing, finding better opportunities. Again, that word opportunity. No one thinks about opportunity. Everybody just wants things. Yes, give me the thing. When I think of the thing I want, give me the thing. Like, yeah, but the thing is opportunity. So, yeah, but that, that sounds like work. <laughs> it sounds a little too hard. It seems like it's, it may take too long. I want the thing now. And I mean, I mean, and the, the more opportunities you create for yourself, the more you're going to get from others. Because people have to know what you're trying to do. If you're not out right. there actually trying to make anything happen, then how is anyone supposed to offer you anything? You know, once they see right. you out there doing something, whether it's a, a kettlebell workshop or a firearm training course or you have nutrition supplements to sell, people actually have to, people have to know that you're trying to do these things, that you're a Star Wars right. channel prince. People actually people you actually have to have a channel up with content for people to go watch it. 
if if yeah, I just tell people I'm like, yeah, I got a friend who who wants to. I have a friend who's really into Star Wars. He, he wants to put together some content, and they say, okay, well, where can I go watch it or read it? And I say, nowhere, because he hasn't done anything yet. Yeah. Then <laughs> that's not really helpful. You actually have to have it going on for people to know about it and direct you towards it. Right. Yeah, I I think I posted on Twitter one day. I said if if somebody if I got a dollar every time I told somebody like how to successfully start a YouTube channel, uh, and it's always you know, I always meet somebody on the street and I say, hey, do you have a smartphone? Yeah, I was like, that's all you need. That's all you need to get started. Go get to it. And then I'll come back and see them two weeks, a month later. Hey, did you get started yet? Let me take a look at, you know, I'll give you some tips. And it's like I paid, I paid people to teach me how to, this is how you optimize your video and how to do this. And I'm still paying people to teach me how YouTube works or going to YouTube training that they're inviting me to now. And I'm like, I'm telling you this stuff just, you know, Hey, you know, just on the street. And I kind of said, I got to stop telling people this stuff. No, you just know. You start charging people. Yeah. 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 But, you know, I'll give them way to they're more likely to follow it if they're actually paying you for it. That's just the way people are. Okay. Yeah, that's with my with my YouTube more. channel, I just I did the same thing. I I decided. I remember one day. I, this is before our smartphones had cameras and all that. I started my YouTube channel, and I just bought one of those flip cameras, Kodak flip camera, and a tripod, and I just started delivering content from the couch, literally from the living room on the couch with Grover sitting next to me, and I just talked about whatever topics. No flashy graphics, no intro music, you know, none of that stuff. And that, was, and that was enough to get going because that, to me, I go, the most important thing for me to do is start filling up content. So I wanted to put yeah. several clips together, training clips, home optimization clips, et cetera. I can't just have one clip and expect this to build into anything. I need to put some actual content out there. And I, I don't do much with it now just because it's not really my way of doing It's not my favorite way to deliver information. I like the podcast or, I, or I'll do a quick write up for my newsletter. I'll probably put some YouTube videos together again at some point. But I wasn't committed to it to the extent of it's going to build into anything serious where I'm going to have advertising and stuff like that. I just didn't have ambitions that way. I just wanted to have some video content because I know some people are audiovisual oriented. Some people like to read stuff. Some people like to hear stuff. Some people like to see and hear stuff. So it's good to deliver content through all those mediums. And then you stick with the one that vibes with you the most. Like out of social media, Twitter is the one I use the most consistently. Facebook, I'm a sniper. I post something, I leave, I don't come back. Instagram, I tried, just not into it. You know, Twitter, that yeah. one I can get into because I'm, I'm a philosophical person. I can, I, I come up with shit and I type it, put it on Twitter, boom, that works for me. Yeah, that was so. funny. Like a couple of weeks ago, you know, I saw that you started following me on Instagram. I was like, <laughs> what? I, I was about to text. I was about to text you. I was like, hey, dude, I think you might have hacked your account on Instagram. And about to you, you might want to shut down. You might want to shut down your account. <laughs> well, I tried. I tried using it. I go, you know what? This is just not going to work, man. I'm not going to. I'm not going to have any consistency here. So no, why even bother? I'm just not a picture person. I'm not someone who's just going to snap pictures and post. And I know you don't have to do that. You can put up other things, but it, it just wasn't going to work for me. Well, something like Twitter, that works because I, I come up yeah. with quotes all the time in my head and I can immediately turn that into content on Twitter. And then I actually have a database of all the quotes I've ever posted. And at some point, I can actually categorize these and make a book out of it. Like my grandfather had a book called Mahlerisms, which was just him, just quotes from him on a variety of different topics. Some of them right. about life, some of them about the corporate world, some of them about management. And it was actually a really good book. I remember reading it one day after after his funeral, we're going through his stuff, and I, I came across this Mahlerisms book, and it was great. So I'm actually thinking about making my own Mahlerisms book and just having all these quotes from that. Twitter. Yeah, remember I was telling you about that I had that like on um, from my fan, my Facebook fan page in the early stages of that, and from Twitter right. and from Instagram, you know, my new warrior thoughts. You know, when I actually posted them, yeah. before yeah. it was actually like memes, everybody was posting memes, I was making my own, you know, like years ago or whatever. Right. And I made sure I hashtagged all that so I can always go back and put all this together because I remember oh, yeah. it may have been, been CJ that says like, hey, man, you need to go ahead and put a book together with all these new warrior thoughts. I'm like, yeah, one day. You know, yeah. when I feel motivated enough to do it, then yeah, I'm doing it. That's the reason why I did that for just for the future by hashtagging like that. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, yeah. I have pages and pages of, of quotes and I'll probably put it together at some point in an ebook, just as a nonprofit fundraiser, raise some funds for Project Child Save, Voice for the Animals, you know, something like that. 
that would motivate me to finish doing it just to make a product to sell. I don't really care about that at this point. I've got enough going on that that's not a big motivation. But as a as a fundraiser, I think that would be pretty cool. You can just sell it for some nominal fees, such as ten dollars, fifteen dollars. All the proceeds, all the profit goes to Project Child Saver or whatever cause you're into at the time. That's pretty much what I did with my Live Life Aggressively book. So at some point when I have, I think I'm I'm pretty close to having enough content in there. But I, I like this process to be organic. So I'm not going to sit at the desk and be like, okay, let's just think of shit to write down because it's yeah. not going to be good <laughs> you know, when, when you force it. It has to be organic where I'm walking around and I just think of something funny or I think of something philosophical and then I, I'll write it down in my phone real quick or I'll record it so I don't forget about it. And then once you've accumulated enough of that, then you have something. So who knows how long that'll take? It could take 10 years. But when it, when it does come out, it's going to be something meaningful for people. It's not going to be something where they just buy it to support the cause and never look at it. You know, they buy it to support the cause, and then it actually is something they enjoy reading and get some value out of. So, Prince, what do you have coming up now, man? Because uh, we've been yapping like hell. <laughs> <laughs> This is like a show yeah, yeah, podcast. This, 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 yeah, this might end up being a two-part. This might be a two-part episode, man, because it's quite meaty. It's <laughs> all right. Um, well, with the Star Wars channel, um, I'm trying to trying to simplify the content uh, and not spend so much time on the videos. I'm actually how my channel started out. I'm now trying to push push that content on a new channel. I call it the present uh-huh. moment. So I talk all about like Qigong meditation, all that kind of stuff. Um, and I'm applying to, cause I started my channel just on a, on a whim while I was on break from Vanderbilt divinity. And I ended up dropping out of Vanderbilt cause I didn't, I just didn't like, uh, I didn't like, uh, the program and it yeah. wasn't what I was, I just didn't enjoy it. Uh, so I'm in the process of applying back to my first school uh, so I can go back there, finish my seminary studies, um, just because I feel like uh, I'm getting dull not being in that environment and having those theological conversations. Because that's what really drives my Star Wars content is I'm basically saying, hey, this is how I learned how to look at the Bible and write these sermons. I'm just doing it instead of talking about Jesus and these prophets talking about Luke Skywalker and Kylo Ren. And uh, like I said, all of it is using Star Wars as a tool to have these uh, deeper conversations about life and spirituality and yeah. regardless of how someone looks at things. So, yeah, that's that's what I'm really working on now is, uh, you know, keeping people saying, here's your Star Wars crack, but here's this other thing if you want to go farther. And I want to start putting together meditation courses uh, for people who are just getting started, like at the very beginning, who've been asking me, Prince, can you teach me this stuff? And sure, I can teach you, but I've spent the last 12 years of my life trying to learn this stuff, so I'm not going to give it away for free. And if you have a problem with that, well, you can spend 12 years <laughs> learning the way I did. <laughs> right. And you can pay me some right. money. <laughs> that way I can yeah. continue to further my studies and give you even more information as I learn more. <laughs> um, so yeah, that that's I'm really really I'm trying to figure out how to further monetize this stuff and use it to pay for my education. Sounds good, man. So, yeah. Well, hey, great talking to you. We'll definitely get you back again. This has been fun. And uh, where people where can people check out the Star Wars channel and anything else you have going on? Maybe your Twitter account. Uh, Star Wars channel. Just uh, type in Urban Acolyte. That's urban like the city and acolyte, A-C-O-L-Y-T-E. Same thing on Twitter, Instagram, and uh, I think the Facebook page is Urban Acolyte TV. Uh, the other channel is The Present Moment. Uh, you just have to look that up. I, it doesn't. It's so small, it doesn't even have its own uh, vanity name yet on the channel yet. <laughs> well, great, man. Great having you, and keep up the great work, and we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks for having me. All right, man. Take care, Take care man. Well, I think we're all talked out at this point. <laughs> you, know? so, you folks know what to I do. Knew, Go use that coupon code LLA. Yeah, I know. My dogs are like, come on, man. It's 3.30. It's like, this is when we, we're usually halfway. We're usually balls deep in our walk by now. You know? <laughs> They're looking like, come on, man. For real? <laughs> you still talking? <laughs> so... So it's real simple, folks. You know, head over to both our websites. Use that coupon code LLA. Get 10% off all of our products. 
as well as heading over to patreon.com slash LLA podcast in order to get ad free content, ad free shows, because we do have sponsors now for these other shows that you're catching on Stitcher and iTunes and any other podcast medium that you're listening to now. <clears throat> because you've got to pay these bills, man. If somebody's bills not going to pay themselves. So there you go. <laughs> and also make sure that you share, like, all this content. Let people know about the show. You can even share over there on Patreon as well. So that's one way you can support the show as well. But just make that an additional way to, to support the show. Um, also, rate and review the shows, man. You know, get back on in that review game. Short and quick. That's all you need to do. Just get right to the point. You know, tell everybody you know what you what you like about the show. Hell, you even drop what you don't like about the show. And if it's because you actually have to listen to commercials or the fact that you have to, you know, pay through Patreon, then well, that's not going to hurt us. <laughs> that's going to be on you. So I want everybody's going to be like, well, I want to be like that guy. So yeah, there you go, folks. Rate review, all that. That's how you can support the show. Anything else you want to add, man? Before we drop up out of here? No, that'll do it. <laughs> Take care, everybody.